0: Welcome back, Spartan Pride Podcast, Fans First Sports Network. Jonathan Shop here with you as we go around the world of college football. As we like to do the middle of each week, all of the sudden, we are at the final week of September. Not too shabby so far. Pretty good week last week around the sport. Decent week this week, also a little bonus action you may want to catch on friday night so we might as well just start with the pick six we're going to go through the pick six take a little trip around college football and we will once again talk about the mel tucker situation i'm going to give you some analysis on it try to break it down again uh there's too many people commenting about this that don't know enough about it to really make any sense of it as a result there's a lot of bad information out there and a lot of massive point missing. I encourage you to choose carefully the media that you digest because a lot of things that are being reported are really unnecessary to pay much attention to as things stand today. That's what we're going to do around the world of college football here on the Spartan Pride Podcast. if you're like me you probably recognize tuesday and wednesday as the football weekend because those are really the only two days that don't have games we've got college and nfl on thursday we've got some college on friday we got all we want saturday then we've got some on sunday of course and then monday and lately we know we've had two games on monday which is not so bad this week, we've got a little more of that. Friday, there are three games that you may actually find interesting. The first, Jeff Brahman and Louisville going to NC State. That, that's not a bad game. Um, there's also Cincinnati at BYU, which I do think is interesting because there's such a history of fantastic crowds on Friday night at Elevation in Provo. So I'm actually going to make that one. That's going to be one of our pick six games, Cincinnati at BYU. This is a new game, given this realignment era that we've jettisoned into. Cincinnati comes in at 2-2. They won the first two. They've lost two in a row. BYU sitting at 3-1. This game matters a lot to BYU. They've got a home field advantage. They've got an elevation advantage. This one also is kicking at 9. Kicking at, or I'm sorry, kicks at 10.15 Eastern time. So 8.15 local. This is an advantage for BYU. We've seen this before. Mark it down. This one, I would think, is going to go for the Cougs. Now, further west, and earlier, an hour earlier, there is a big one in the Pac-10. Utah at Oregon State. That's a top 20 matchup. Fantastic for a Friday night. Corvallis, late September. Hopefully there's a little weather involved because that would make things more interesting. So we got two of our pick six hanging out nicely on Friday night. Saturday at 3.30, you're gonna wanna take a look at Kansas at Texas. Why? Kansas has a quarterback that can make some plays. I watched Kansas at Illinois a while back, a second week of the year. And Illinois looked like they had this guy stomped over and over. They did not. Really good quarterback play. Really significant quarterback play from Kansas. You've got to keep your eyes on Jalen Daniels. Jayhawks are 4-0. They are rolling into Texas. Do not sleep. Sometimes a great quarterback play can be an awful fine equalizer. That one is going to be one that will be interesting to see. Later in the day, you've got a sneaky one. And I'm saying South Carolina at Tennessee is sneaky for a couple of reasons. First, you got South Carolina. Huge year last year. 2-2 two two start this year. Nice win last week, Mississippi State. Only lost by 10 to Georgia the week before. All right, uh, raises half an eyebrow. Tennessee is coming in at three and one, having lost that kind of face plant they took down in the swamp at Florida. They had an easy week last week with University of Texas San Antonio. This is a night game. This one is at Tennessee, but keep an eye on this one because there could be trouble for the volunteers. Around the rest of the world of college football, you do have a, I'd say, mildly interesting one. It's in the pick six this week. Notre Dame is going to Duke. Duke is an interesting stadium. It's dug out of the ground. If you've ever been by it on the way to, uh, of course, Duke's remarkable Cameron Indoor Stadium. You've looked down to your left and you see, wow, there's that's their football stadium down there. It's an interesting place to play. Let's see how Notre Dame handles the real upset with only having 10 guys out on the field at the end of the game last week and getting out toughed by Ohio State. They're going to go to Duke. Duke will be up for that one. Indeed. They will be up, up, up for it. What will the Irish show up with? That's what's to watch there. And I think the last one this week is in the Southeast Conference. LSU at Ole Miss. I don't know why, but I've got a feeling something wild may happen in this one. I want one of those old-fashioned SEC shootouts well into the 40s where it's more about the back-and-forth and excitement level than it is about the um, quality of play. That, that's kind of what I'm looking for. LSU's 3-1. Lost to Florida State to start the season. Doesn't look so bad right now, does it? Ole Miss is coming off a loss at Alabama. Ole Miss is hosting. This is a very important game for both of these teams. One of these teams is essentially gonna be knocked out of any playoff competition, if you will, before the end of September. So this is gonna be one that you will want to take a look at. So we've got it spread out a little bit this week, which I kinda like, not all stuck in the 330 slot like they were last week. These are the six most interesting college football games ever that are going on this week. And this is a look around college football on the Spartan Pride Podcast. I am Jonathan Shop. We are on the Fans First Sports Network. Let's take a couple minutes to talk about Colorado. Everyone's talking about Colorado. And maybe somebody can learn something from Colorado this week. Because after Colorado gets slammed and crushed at Oregon, word comes out that teams were sharing information with Oregon about how to defend Colorado. Of course they were. Welcome to 1980-something, folks. As Dion said during the week, of course they were. This happens all the time. We do it, other teams do it, they're gonna continue to do it. What's gonna get tough for Colorado is, they may be out Shiloh Sanders, who had a, some kind of issue that affected his kidney system, left him in hospital at least for a night Um, hopefully he's going to be better real soon questionable at best for Southern Cal coming to play a Saturday morning game and they're likely to be out without Travis Hunter who does not appear to be coming back at all this week if you're wondering why that game was not in the pick six that's pretty much exactly why I don't think this is going to be a very close or interesting game. Hopefully it will be. Hopefully it'll be entertaining. I know a lot of folks haven't seen Southern Cal much. They've had a light schedule so far. They're interesting to watch. Southern Cal has just a lot of passing plays, passing ability. They got Caleb Williams. He throws it around like a shortstop, a little bit like a shortstop or a pitcher. They got guys running around. They got some legacy guys you know. They've probably also got some holes that we haven't seen exposed yet, so let's take a look and see if Colorado can do anything there. You know, Colorado's got a great staff. They don't just have Pat Shermer as a offensive analyst. They've got, uh, of course, the guy that was a coach at Kent State calling their plays offensively. they got Charles Kelly calling on the defense, so I believe Colorado will be coached up and in position to compete in this one, but I, I don't think that they're going to have a whole lot of success, but the message I think to take out of this is that there's always assistance sharing with other assistants on a weekly basis in college football. I'm glad everyone knows that now. So we can kind of put that away. And what I would say about Colorado is regardless of what happens Saturday, they're still a good story. They're not like a national title contender. They're still a good story. They may have gotten hammered last week and they may get hammered again this week but they're still a good story. They appear to be a team overachieving. They are a little bit thin, uh, but this is kind of a turning point for them. If somehow Colorado pulls another rabbit out of the hat, if they somehow beat Southern Cal this week, look out, they're gonna run through to late October undefeated from here, and it's gonna get real interesting. If they get buried or crushed by Southern Cal, anything but a close loss, This is mostly going to be the end of the Colorado story for now. But if nothing else out of Colorado, we can put to bed finally this idea that it's a crazy notion that coaches would be trying to get information from other teams they have played. If you're not aware of that, that's gone on for probably as long as you've watched college football. It's affected a lot of the Michigan State games over the year. We can talk about those stories another day, but if you don't think Michigan State was talking to coaches who worked for, played against, and or around Alabama before they played Alabama in the 2015 playoff, for example. You are missing it on that one. Mel Tucker News next, Spartan Pride Podcast. Jonathan Schopp back with you on the Spartan Pride Podcast. You know, looking back through some of the work I've done... I pulled something up from April 2nd of 2020, and that was not long after Mel Tucker had been named head coach of Michigan State. There was some work we were doing at Spartan Nation preparing a uh, number of questions to consider asking him, and I think really the first big sit down interview he had. And looking back at that, there's some interesting stuff at, at that point in time that Uh, Some stuff we asked him about and some ideas I had that I don't think um, Hondo got to ask him about, but I definitely wanted to ask him about something that hits home with Spartan football. And if you know my work at all, you've seen it and you're going to roll your eyes and that's okay. But you know, I like to quote Bill Parcells, who's become really famous for using the quote, you are what your record says you are more than just about. Anything he said. I also tie that in with a guy who was coached at Army by the same coach that influenced Bill Parcells. His name, of course, was Mike Sheshewski. Mike Sheshewsky said famously, after he broke the all-time winning record for NCAA men's basketball at Madison Square Garden against Michigan State, a game that I covered, a game that I sat front and center for the post-game press conference, he said. He was more interested in how to not lose than winning games, kind of suggesting that more games were lost than won at the major college level. So more games may be lost than won. You are what your record says you are. And yet we still have another statement coming from Mel Tucker this week that I'm not really sure why there's even much reporting on. And I expect we're going to see a dwindle in the reporting. If you haven't heard this show before, you can go back and listen to my commentary on it and what I think the legal prospects are for Mel Tucker. You could shortcut by pulling up a copy of his contract going to Section 3B1C. You can read that paragraph. Just go to... B3, uh, just go to 3B1 and read the entire thing. You know, you'll get to subsection C and the key language in that contract, which is, quote, in the university's sole judgment, comma, would tend to bring public disrespect, comma, contempt or ridicule upon the university, unquote. And you really don't need to do much more. So when I see the statement coming out of Mel uh, Tucker's attorneys this week, it is amazing to hear that, quote, Tucker is just the fall guy for the university's negligence and misfeasance, the long history of which includes and predates the Larry Nasser matter, but which unfortunately has continued and tainted the university's handling of this matter, unquote. Folks, Nasser has nothing to do with Michigan State football firing Mel Tucker for cause. Nothing. Not a thing. What this continuing list of statements that looks like, I don't know if they're from Tucker or from Tucker's attorney, this looks like somebody trying to take a box of rabbits, flip over the box of bunny rabbits, and tell anybody looking, hey, look at that rabbit, look at that jumping over, look there, look there, look here, look there, and avoiding the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room has not moved. I don't think this is going anywhere for Tucker. I don't think he's doing any favors to his future prospects to rehabilitate his career either. Not one tiny bit. To me, it all comes down to section three B, 1, and real specifically, section C. If you understand English well, which hopefully you all do, hopefully we all do, although we're all always working on it, in the university's sole judgment has nothing to do with anyone else's opinion, a jury's opinion, a public poll of a 1,000 people, or anybody else. I don't know why we continue to hear from Mel Tucker and his attorneys. I don't think they're helping him at all. I don't think he has a case, and I would be absolutely shocked if Michigan State has to pay a dollar to Mel Tucker. If Mel Tucker sues Michigan State, I would expect his case, his contract case, to be dismissed. That's what I would expect to ultimately happen. I have no idea why Tucker and this team of advisors to him are going this route. I don't remember Bobby Petrino or Hugh Freeze going anywhere near this route. Those guys are back at major college football. Hugh Freeze has a major college job. Bobby Petrino had a major college job and got fired because he didn't win enough or left because he didn't win enough. I don't know what we're doing here. Uh, I don't know what Mel Tucker's doing or what advice he's getting, but I am getting a little tired of reading these statements. I don't think there's any reason. To have any more statements. Hopefully, this story is going to go away pretty quickly from here, but we've already spent enough time on it. I hope you pull that section of the contract up, read it, and kind of decide for yourself, and then move on because better days are coming for Michigan State football much sooner than later. I know it's a long time to next Labor Day weekend. Believe me, I feel you. It's a drag, but. Better days are coming soon, and this specific process of terminating Mel Tucker with cause is likely to be successful and completed much, much sooner than later. We go around the world of college football every single Wednesday during the college football season here on the Spartan Pride Podcast. I'm Jonathan Shop. Thank you for your time. Your time is your currency. I know its value. I don't want to waste it. I hope you enjoy it. Spartan Pride Podcast at gmail.com. I will catch you again soon. We'll look forward to the Iowa game coming soon, Saturday, on the Spartan Pride Podcast, part of the Fans First Sports Network.